This is the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast Show, hosted by Bo Finley and Brant Walker. Welcome back to another edition of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Here, as always, Brant and Bo coming at you. This week, we're going to do a uh, little bit of news. Uh, we've had some more uh, requests for the health inspector to, to review some rosters. So we're going to get into that. And then we're going to get into some uh, deep value guys, uh, some guys that are undervalued, if you will. Uh, and we're both going to come at you with about five guys that you can add late in your in your drafts or you know, on deep leagues, you might be able to pick them up off the waivers that could have instant impact for your for your fantasy season. Uh, maybe not even instant impact, I shouldn't say, but maybe could help you win uh, even later in the season. So we're going to get at you with that. Walker, you want to kick us off with some of the news? Yeah, some of the news. We got uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, and Green Bay reached an agreement for him to play this season, and that also opened up talks for uh, Adams to uh, return to the return to the Packers also. Um, some of the fantasy impacts I think that that really makes and, and solidifies it now. I think Rodgers is still a top 10 QB. I think Jones and Adams remain inside the top 10 at their respective position mm-hmm. with top five potential for both of them. Um, Robert Tanyan, I think you're going to see growing up, and I, I watched him fall in some um, ADPs. Um, I think he'll be going back up. Um, also out there, they're uh, looking to trade for uh, Rodgers' old best friend there, uh, Randall Cobb from the Texans. Um, they're actually in talks with them to try to return Cobb. So that's another guy maybe throwing dart late in your draft, especially if that happens. Um, he could make some type of impact. They already have the chemistry. Um, so um, you got anything else to add with that? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's just nice that we're finally starting to get some clarity on some of this stuff. I know we're getting into draft season now, and it's like there's a lot of big names. You know, Rodgers himself, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of one of those – things where you're sitting there scratching your head looking at the board some of these guys may be sliding a little bit because you know um we don't know that didn't know that clarity um for at least this season i'm still gonna put money down that rogers doesn't retire in green bay um i I think that relationship's a little past repair at this point listen there was no way he could he could be traded this year he's either going to retire or he's going to play that was all that was how it was going to be the cap it was just too much um i still think he ends up uh, moved next season um, but for this season, at, at least in fantasy terms, you're going to still see big out, output there in Green Bay. Yeah, definitely. Um, so with the other news, this one hurts me a little bit. Uh, Let's stick with the quarterback position. Okay. Let's save the uh, painful one for last. All right. Uh, Deshaun Watson also reported to camp, um, so that way he's not getting fined. Um, Nothing's changed. Still wants a trade. Um, he requested his trade back in March that, that you know, uh, it almost seems like to me with the, the reported asking price from the Texans is is at least one player of value and three first-round draft picks. A lot of teams aren't going to pay that premium, especially when we still don't know, you know, is Watson going to get suspended? Um, it sounds like everything's being pushed back in court until next year. Um, so you really aren't going to have any clarity on what kind of like legal trouble he's going to be in. That's just they're putting an astronomical high price on him. Uh that they're not going to get because no team. I'm sorry if a team trades for that at this point. They're they're ignorant um, because you don't know what you're getting in Deshaun Watson. Is he going to be suspended indefinitely like Ray Rice was? I mean, we just don't know. Now, granted, he wasn't beating on somebody, um, but you still can't do what he was doing. Um, and we don't know what the clarity is there. Um, Watson at this point, I, Walker. I don't know how you feel, but I'm avoiding him in fantasy at this point. I'm avo- I'm avoiding him at his normal ADP, way up there where he normally is in the top five, top ten QBs. But I'm telling you what, I'm throwing a dart at this guy, regardless of where he ends up. If he slides and, and he's my second QB, I'll throw a dart at Watson all day long. When he comes back, he'll be a top five QB. Um, with him reporting to camp, if he doesn't get suspended, if he can beat all these accusations and, and stays in, in uh, Houston, that gives a bump to uh, Brandon Cooks and uh, recently acquired uh, Anthony Miller came over from the Bears. Um yeah, I, I still think Watson gets suspended for a little bit. Um, so Here, can I, let me play let me play advocate devil's advocate a little bit to this, if you will, um, because to my, my stance to this is a little bit different. I know in the off season um, here we I've, we've had side conversations away from the cast where I've said you know I'm absolutely all over it. Um, a lot of people don't roster two quarterbacks to begin with in redraft leagues. In dynasty, I agree if if somebody cuts him or you know is lets him be traded for like a fourth round rookie pick, it makes too much sense to not grab him and stash him. But in a redraft league, let's say he's suspended eight games. For me, I'd much rather have that valuable bench spot free 
or somebody that I could use or may have an impact on my team versus holding them and maybe hoping that I'm number one in waiver claims by the time it's, you know, getting close to the suspension being up. Um, you know, prime example, you look back to when Kareem Hunt was suspended for eight games. Their bye week was week nine that year, and he didn't come back to get usage until week 10. Um, you know, to me, it's it's yes, the upside's great when you get that player. But if I can have somebody who I might be able to use during bye weeks and everything else, I'd much rather have that and then hope that maybe I'm lucky enough to get him when he comes back. You know, if he doesn't get traded because of all this, you know, is he even going to suit up after his suspension? It's just a huge gamble for me. I don't know if I'm if I'm comfortable taking at this point. Well, if you remember with Kareem Hunt, when he was suspended, he still had a 10th round ADP on him. A lot of people were drafting him and, and, and holding on Absolutely. to him. I did see in a lot of leagues him getting dropped and moved around during his suspension. But still that ADP uh, of the 10th round, that, that makes me think that Watson is still going to get rostered. If you're not lucky enough to get a quarterback that you know is established inside the top 10 and you're you're taking a dart throw later in the draft with your Ryan Tannehills, your Kirk Cousins, your, your Matt Ryans, this is a guy I'm stashing. If I'm not getting a solidified somebody to fill that position, yes, I'm going to draft Watson and so, I'm going to stash him. So are you saying then that you would draft Watson over Tannehill and Ryan? No, and, no, okay. no. Right. Watson would be my second QB. Okay, two of those guys. Two of those okay. guys because of his top five potential when he comes back. So, okay, again, let me just take this another step further. And, and um, you know, you can slap me if we're if I'm taking this conversation too far. But you're helping you, me avoid injury with me talking. Yeah. Would you rather <laughs> um, own, let's say you have a Matt Ryan or Tannehill, which I think Tannehill is going to be a top ten quarterback this year. So I love that pick. Let's say Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins are your, are your two options. Would you not rather try to take a late-round flyer on a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields, somebody who you think definitely has that chance to play versus Watson? Well, first off, I have, what did you say, Matt Ryan and Cousins? I'm not drafting a third. No, I'm saying either one of those. One of those. Um, I I still would probably take the upside of of a Fields or a a Wilson who will play. This is just, oh, I got my last pick. I already have everything full. No other QBs. Oh, Watson's there. That's, That's top five potential. I'm sorry. He's been too good. He's, he's finished top five QB since he's been in the league, I'm pretty sure, uh, maybe outside of his rookie year. So, so I think I could agree with you. I might take him in, like, the second to last round, the last round. I don't see many people letting him get drafted that late. I think he still goes earlier by other people who aren't educated because I think re- realistically so in a redraft, there's players you could draft, whether it be handcuffs to your studs or things that, of that nature that I'd rather have than Watson, but that's just my opinion. Anyway, enough about Deshaun Watson. Um, actually, not enough about Deshaun Watson. It sounds like, sounds like the rumors are he might end up in Philadelphia. If that happens, that's huge fantasy implications for not only downgrading all of your Houston players, downgrading Jalen Hurts if he's sent back in that trade. Because Houston's pretty bad, but it's a huge uptick to your great Philadelphia players. Well, I'm, if Hurts ends up in in, in uh, Houston, you're you're going to see a Lamar Jackson 2.0 because that's all he's going to be able to do behind that potentially, line. Potentially, yeah, potentially. And so I mean, he'll still have the rushing upside. You'll be starting running back at quarterback, but uh, yeah, definitely you got to knock everything down for Houston. Uh, but you got to bump up if, if he winds up there. You'd have to bump up Goddard. You'd have to bump up Smith, Rager, um, Ertz, Ertz, Miles Sanders potentially yeah. gets an uptick. Definitely. I'm sorry. I'm going to bump up Kenneth Gainwell because he's probably Absolutely. the best pass catching back they have. Absolutely. In, in I, agree. I agree. So let's get this last bit of news out of the way. This was a little painful for me. I was really looking forward to the bounce back here. Michael Thomas to miss the beginning of the season. Uh, he had surgery in June, I believe it was. Couldn't miss up, what was it, 12 to 16 weeks he could end up missing. Um, so that, that gets him returning to action anywhere from week four on. Nobody really knows. Um it's going to make a huge bumps in, in with Alvin Kamara. Adam Troutman, I think, gets one of the biggest bumps out of everybody. And Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith's moving to the number one role now. Also, a uh, couple deep sleepers to look out for that team. Uh, Marquez Gall- Callaway and Deontay Harris. They'll be competing for that wide receiver two spot while, while Thomas is out, which will make them the fourth option on the team, in my opinion, because I think Troutman would be the third. You know, I think, I think another thing that's interesting about this, too, is that not only does Kamara get an uptick because I think he'll be used in a lot more formations, you might also see more opportunity for Melvin or Marvin, uh, Mark Ingram, not Mark Ingram. No, Latavius, Latavius Murray. Murray, thank you. Talking about 10 years ago. Latavius Murray and Kamara being on the field at the same time more often now. With uh, uh, Michael Thomas out, I'm, I'm struggling with my words today, apparently. Um, but, you know, I also think. 
that, you know, Sean Payton's such an innovative head coach that while uh, Michael Thomas is out, I'm, I'm almost willing, even though the team's not, I'm almost willing to say I think I would put a, a decent amount of money on the fact Taysom Hill will be the starter now. Yeah, that came out that that was looking like he was taking most first-team reps. Um, I, I definitely see New Orleans leaning a lot more on the run. So, yeah. so you saying them both being on the field at the same time, I think Latavius Murray definitely does take a huge, a decent bump. Yeah, he'll get a good bump. Um, His I think touchdowns will go up and things of that nature. Definitely, definitely. And, and so, I mean, both those guys are worth rostering. They already were, in my opinion. I think Latavius Murray is one of the safest handcuffs yeah. to own because he also can be a bi-week fill-in. I mean, one touchdown and he – kind of pays for himself yeah, on that bye yeah, week. Absolutely. So uh, do we want to do a health inspection first, or we want to get into our undervalued players? Let's uh, let's get right into our, our health inspectors. All right, you go ahead and hit this with the first one you got All right, there. The first one I got is from Alex Presner. Alex Presser uh, is in a uh, dynasty PPR league. It's the first year of it. They drafted back in January. Then they had a rookie draft. So I'll just take you through – um, his starting lineup. His starting lineup is at quarterback. He's got Aaron Rodgers. His running back one and two is Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook. His wide receiver one and two is DJ Moore and Chase Claypool. His tight end is Logan Thomas, and his two flexes right now at this point are Mike Williams and OBJ. Uh, excuse me. Third flex is also Corey Davis. So quite an impressive starting lineup there. Um, doesn't doesn't roster a defense at this point. Um, but let's talk about Alex's his, his starting lineup a little bit, and then we'll move into his bench. Um, you know, quarterback, uh, like you said, now that we know that there's some clarity, drafting Aaron Rodgers back in January, I'll say it on air, it was kind of ballsy. Um, but it, it seems like it's going to work out for him. Uh, that's top ten. Could potentially have two top ten running – or two top well, five running backs. Back in January, we weren't really talking about him being – True, true. I guess him that's holding true. Out. They were still playing. So maybe there's some fingers crossed for a few months here. But, yeah, you might be right. Um, two running backs, Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook. I'm not sure how you managed to get both these guys, Alex, but kudos to you. I would assume some people just thought Barkley wasn't coming back, or maybe you traded a couple draft picks to move on up, which very great. You got two amazing running backs right now. Um, so, yeah, you're setting those first three positions, I think, because regardless of where Aaron Rodgers plays this year, next year, or years to follow, I think he's a top 10 QB until he starts to hit that uh, – dreadful downfall that you know tom brady has never hit um i i will say that you know looking at his starting wide receivers although i have that confidence in dj Moore, um in years past i'm not sure what i think of sam Darnold just yet um so not necessarily maybe a true wide receiver one a bunch of great wide receiver twos though i love the upside on mike williams this year if he can stay healthy i mean i'm an obj fan a lot of people aren't I'm, I'm high on Corey Davis. They paid him all that money to come to the Jets. He's, he's the veteran wide receiver in that core there. Um, outside of Crowder, still there. But I, I, they paid him all that money to come be the wide receiver one for the New York Jets. I absolutely loved Corey Davis. I love his upside this year. I think you have well, you have more with a great upside this year, Mike Williams with amazing upside, and Corey Davis with upside. I'm a little down on the Chase Claypool train. In a dynasty, though, it makes sense. Absolutely. Okay makes sense. Dynasty. Yes, it makes sense. Uh, OBJ. I've never been on that train. Um, I think he's great to fill in that second flex spot where you got him. As long as you can work around keeping him down there in your flex, I think you're perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Um, Logan Thomas, I'm not completely sold on yet. Um, that That's going to be one of those things we have to wait and see what he does with uh, – Apparently Washington is because they gave him an extension today. We're going to have to wait and see what he looks like with uh, Fitzpatrick. Um, but, you know, as a whole, starting lineup's pretty pretty uh, decent. Let's run through the bench. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. John Brown, Raheem Mostert, Gerald Everett, Jonu Smith, Anthony Miller, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, Denzel Mims, Darrington Evans, Xavier Jones, Justin Fields, and then on his taxi, he's got Anthony Schwartz, Gerald Dokes, Cornell Powell, Chuba Hubbard, and Kenny Nuangu, the backup running back or the third string running back there in Minnesota now. Who's Got a pretty bright future. I think kid's going to be pretty good. I, I love your taxi squad here. You have the upside of Schwartz. You got Dokes who could become an impact halfway through this year. Uh, Powell is, is is a guy that – he's slept on a lot, but he's in the Kansas City offense. He just builds chemistry with Mahomes. And the wide receiver two and three spot are wide yes, open, are. really, in that yes, offense. Chuba Hubbard was, was well, well touted after 
um, two years ago coming out of college. Yeah. He had a rough 2020 year. Um, unfortunately, he fell in a bad spot sitting there behind McCaffrey. But I still think it, in, a, in a dynasty, I absolutely love you, you draft a Chuba there. And to go, in, go ahead and say it again because you know I'm a mess Can up. Can A. you? I, absolutely. I think he takes over a great – I think he takes over that handcuff spot, which is great since you have Dalvin Cook up there. Absolutely. Le'Veon Bell is probably a drop for me at this point. Uh, I mean, you could hold him for a while and see if he see if he signs someplace. Love John Brown there in, in uh, Vegas because they really don't have a wide receiver one at this point. I mean, obviously, on paper, it's probably Henry Ruggs, but he never did anything to show it. I know on this show we're pretty high on Henry Ruggs this year, but John Brown could step in and be great. Uh, Gerald Everett I think we're going to talk about a little later here today, mm-hmm. um, so we'll save that for them. Reem Mostert. He's up there in age, but could be, you know, decent bye week guy this year. Uh, Johnu Smith, uh, I'll just say Hunter Henry. Uh, well, Johnu, I think, was was signed in New England to be the pass catcher. Henry's going to be the blocker. I think you're going to see a lot more out of Johnu Smith than, than a lot of people are thinking about. So I, I do love this pick, especially with them being your third tight end. Anthony Miller, I think, it has some upside because we know Brandon Cooks can't stay healthy. So regardless of who the quarterback there in Houston, Anthony Miller is going to get some run. Uh, love Tua is your backup quarterback. Um, I'm also probably a little higher on him than most. He may not be your backup after Justin Fields takes over, but you got good good quarterback depth. Darrington Evans, I absolutely love. Um, you know, he's he's going to be next in line after Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's no spring chicken. He's getting up there in age as well. And he's had some wear and tear, you know, and, and avoid, avoided injuries at this point. Knock on wood, you don't want to see him get injured. But if he does, you've got the instant one there in Tennessee. Um, Xavier Jones could be in line for some work now that uh, um, Cam Akers went down, so that's that's pretty good too. Denzel Mims, you know, really that's basically almost a handcuff to Corey Davis because mm-hmm. um, we don't know how that that wide receiver core is going to shake out. You know, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, you know, barring a defense, I think this is an A minus roster right now. Absolutely, it's it's an amazing roster. Mims is Mims is startable because. You got to look at it. the Jets are going to play from behind almost every single game this Most year. Most likely, yes. So that's going to be a lot of passing volume there. So Mims is definitely flex worthy. Uh, Jones, I absolutely love there as you as um, as picking him up late in the draft. Um, Anthony Miller, if he can figure out how to hold on to the ball and stop being so stoned hand, that could be a great, great pickup. Um, Brown there, I think Brown, and, and one of the reasons I'm higher on Rugs is I think Brown get goes to the goes to the outside and allows the movement of rugs all over the field and gets to use that speed. So I definitely like Brown there. I think Brown and, and rugs are both valuable uh, assets to the, the Raiders um, offense. Yeah. Um, Evans, if something were to happen, like you said, knock on wood, if something were to happen to Henry, Evans offers PPR upside yeah, a lot more than Derrick Henry in my he mind. Does. Yeah, he does. And Fields, you got Chicago starter by week four. So that's a good pickup, and he offers that rushing upside. Love the youth. You have a quarterback, too, backup Rodgers, too. Yep. Um, Should be fine for years to come. I like the yep, roster. I do. I think I think you have a very well-balanced roster. Yeah, definitely A-minus for a dynasty startup. There you go. Two health inspectors agree on an A-minus. Well done, Alex. So let's hit it with this next one here. I got uh, Seth. Um, he had the first overall draft that actually – he missed his draft, so this is actually an auto draft. But um, I think the team turned out pretty good. Um, I'll run through. I'm gonna run through it by uh, position because I have it written down that way. Okay. Uh, his quarterbacks has got Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow. Love it. Yep. A lot of youth. Yeah, a lot of youth there. But surrounded by a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Yes. Um, your running backs, you got CMC and David Johnson, and that is it. Um, so you definitely need to find another running back. Um, you need to find another running back, too, because I do not believe in the David Johnson hype there. Um, Neither do I. So, but overall, you got McCaffrey, who hopefully, if he comes back to what he was and puts you up 35 points a week. These wide receivers, though. Holy yeah. wow. Between your wide receivers, which we'll go over here in just a second, and CMC, that should be able to pick up that value that Johnson's yes. going to leave. Yes. Um, your wide receivers, you got DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, LaVisca Chanel, Brandon Cooks. Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown and Jalen Rager, love it. I don't see a downfall I really, here. I really love Hopkins and Ridley as a as a combo. That'd be really nice to own. Yeah, yeah. I think somebody else. I do have it. those in yeah. Dynasty. Yeah. It worked out really well for me last year. Uh, had Mike Evans work out a couple years for you? I don't like Mike Evans. <laughs> Not a Mike Evans fan. Yeah, 
Uh, Robert Woods, I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's an amazing pick. My co-host here hates Robert Woods. He is anti-Robert Woods, but he's a PPR monster. He's going to get the volume. LaVisca, as I put out a couple weeks ago, that's my sleeper. That's my my guy. I'm trying to own him everywhere I can. I absolutely love his upside there. Brandon Cooks, when he does play, he's actually very, very good. Um, so he's a great flex start for you. Um, Antonio Brown. Love it. Love it. Love Antonio I think Brown Antonio sure. Brown's going to demand a lot more targets than a lot of people are thinking about. Um, and then let's get into your tight ends. You got Mark Andrews, Hunter Henry. Love it. I'm not a big fan. I think Andrews finishes in the top ten. I don't think he finishes at the top, top five spot where, where he's being drafted. But you can't go wrong, especially with those receivers. This, this lineup here, I'm going to give you a B plus. The only reason you missed out on that A is the David Johnson, and I'm not a true Mark Andrews believer. So your running back two and your depth at running back scare me. But I'll give you a B plus on this one. Yeah, so for me, you know, the quarterbacks between Kyler Murray and uh, Joe Burrow, you're not going to skip a beat on bye week uh, for Kyler Murray. Uh, if you have to start Joe Burrow, both of these guys should put up great fantasy seasons this year. Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. He's going to be the running back one. And you've got a, gosh, you got a solid plethora of wide receivers. I really I really like your wide receiver group. Even your, your weakest one being Jalen Rager, I think, has a better year this year than a lot of people expect. Um, you know, I think uh, – I think – for me, I'm going to go a B minus on this roster. What keeps me from the B plus is not only is David Johnson your running back two, but he's your only other running back aside from Christian McCaffrey. To me, it makes too much sense for you to package a couple of these wide receivers or something to get get yourself a better um, running back two. Um, if you had that better running back, even if you had David Johnson as your running back two, but had a, a decent running back on your bench, Damian Harris or Chase Edmonds or somebody like that on the bench, which granted you didn't draft a team, can't hold you too responsible for that. Uh, but if, if uh, you know what, Seth, you got to make the draft. I mean, I, you know, things sometimes happen, but um, not having that that running back depth is, is, you know, if you had another one, I'd probably be at a B plus, like Walker said. Um, and if you had a better run, running back two and David Johnson was your running back three, you'd probably have an A minus. Still, no way in heck you don't compete uh, for a title with this wide receiving core, even as it sits right now. I just think you need to, to, to shape up that that running back. Um, so I'll go B-minus for now. Easily could be made into an A-minus team. Though. All right. So the last one for the, the for the health inspector, we got uh, Tim Clark. Um, this is his second one he has sent to us. So this is his second draft. Um, his quarterbacks are Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. Love it. You got Kyler Murray with the – hang on one minute here. Just an airplane flying overhead, no big deal. <laughs> you got Kyler Murray with the rushing upside. You got Matthew Stafford who's going to be pretty safe there in in, uh, in L.A. So I absolutely love your quarterbacks one and two. Um, what do you, you got anything to put put out with those two? No, I, I really think there's a chance both those guys finish top ten this year. Okay, your running backs I absolutely love here too. You got Barkley and Najee Harris as your one two, love it. Damian Harris as your three. Zach Moss just just in case running back there. Absolutely love that you put depth there. Barkley, I, I think, is in for a big year. We just don't know how long he's going to miss. And we'll discuss on what you may need to do with help, with being a Barkley owner. Um, Najee, love the upside. They've already come out that he's going to be the workhorse from day one. Damian Harris, I know Bo's big on this year. I like it. Um, and Zach Moss, I'm higher on Zach Moss than you are. I know you like Singletary a little bit better. Mm -hmm. What do you got to say about those running backs? You know, I, uh, your top three running backs I really, really like. Um, even though I'm not a, a fan of Zach Moss, for your running back four, I can't hate on the fact that you may have the starter in Buffalo. If, if uh, Josh Allen ever stops running in touchdowns from the goal line and Zach Moss takes that over, that could be huge pay dirt for you. So even though I'm not a huge believer in Zach Moss at this point, I'm not a huge believer in Devin Singletary either. I need to put that out there. I just think that there's I, I like Devin Singletary's chance to have a little bit more uh, of a role, uh, even though I'm in the vast minority of people who think that. Um, yeah, your running backs love love uh, Najee. I'm not a Barkley believer. I'm really not. Um, I, I think you know th th there's always still that upside for Barkley if he gets back to the way he, he was that rookie year. But the Giants really—they have 32nd-ranked offensive line coming into this year. They got an unproven quarterback. There's no reason when Barkley is is out there that if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm not stacking the box. Um, so you know, it's an uphill battle. Um, and and let's be honest with ourselves, Saquon's never going to get the uh, pass attempts that he got when Eli Manning was there in his last year with a noodle arm. 
Um, so, you know, I, I still think Barkley has a decent amount of upside. Love Najee Harris. Uh, I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised for Najee to end up a top five running back in his rookie year. I know I know that's, that's pretty bullish, but I, I'm on board with that. Okay. And let's uh, run through these pass catchers right here. I'm going to do them all around quick, the wide receivers and tight ends. We got Keenan Allen, Brandon Ayuk, Russell Gage for his wideouts. His tight ends are Logan Thomas and Adam Troutman. I love your tight ends. Uh, once again, not a full supporter and believer in the Logan Thomas train, uh, but I love the upside of Troutman this year. So, And then your pass catchers, Keenan Allen, you got a PPR stud. He's amazing. Um, he's so slept on, too, and I don't understand it because he's been doing it year after year. Now he's got one of the better quarterbacks he's had in the past couple years. Uh, Brandon Ayuk could be posed for a, a very, very big year this year. And then Russell Gage, which we'll talk about here later on, um, love it as your wide receiver three. I think you need to – I don't know how deep your roster is, but you may want to go out and look for a little more depth at wide receiver, maybe a couple uh, dart, or dart throws out of who could possibly break out. But I do like your wide out. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not – I'm not as big of a believer in Brandon Ayuk as a lot of people are. If Trey Lance was the starter, maybe I'd be more, you know, uh, on that train. But the the uh, Niners actually came out. Kyle Shanahan came out and said it's not a quarterback competition. It's going to start the year with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starter. And you know, as long as Jimmy G's there, it's going to be tight end running backs who get the vast majority of the targets. And then you got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk to fight for you know um, what's left. And uh, I, I'm I'm not sure I believe Brandon Ayuk's. Um, abilities are more than Debo's. Debo just can't stay healthy. I'm more on the Debo train than I am Ayuk. So uh, I, I would actually say that Russell Gage, in my mind, would be your wide receiver too. Should be the wide receiver too in Atlanta. Was pretty good last year in, in Julio's absence. Uh, I, I really like Russell Gage this year. Adam Troutman, I think, is eventually going to be your starter at tight end. Um, you know, he's he's got uh, – he was the – he graded out as the best – pass blocking tight end in football last year that earns you some credit with your with your coach um Taysom Hill is not going to be the type of guy who's going to be gunslinging it so like we said because of Michael Thomas being out Troutman should have an uptick he should be a safe option for for Taysom Hill and if it's if it's happens to be Jameis Jameis Winston made OB or uh, OJ Howard pretty uh and Cameron Brake pretty reliable in fantasy um even in the year he threw 30 interceptions so I'm okay with your with your tight ends uh, because Logan Thomas should be okay until you know what you have in Troutman. Definitely, definitely. I'm going to hit this one with a with a B. Um, and, and really, your wide receivers is what does it. Um, I like Ayuk and I like Gage. I like them more as flex starters than my wide receiver too. So I'm going to mark it down as a B. Very good draft, though. I think you're definitely going to be in contention for uh, making a good run in the playoffs. You know, I'm going to actually give this a B-plus for two things you forgot to mention. That's the Rams defense and Youngway Koo as your kicker. I think you got one of the better kickers in football. Pretty clutch as long as he gets his cleats back. I don't know. Maybe that's some like Mike stuff with his Jeep getting stolen. Um, But your Rams defense, they're going to get turnovers. They're going to get sacks. They're going to score touchdowns defensively. Um, And then Youngway Koo is – as a Falcons fan, he might be the bright spot on our offense this year. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I'm going to give you a B-plus. I think you're you're a, a better wide receiver, too, away from, from an A for me. Um, you know, guys, if you're listening, you're thinking about submitting us our, your rosters, I, I promise you if you send us a bad roster, we're going to let you know about it. Everybody who's sent us a roster at this point or who we have graded have been, you know, just decent Um rosters so i'm going to give this one a b plus as well so you know uh kudos kudos to you tim on this one very good roster and good luck in your season guys all right so now we're going to get into some of these uh undervalued players draft steals as you would you may say dart throws at the end of the draft that you may be able to take late round guys that that could make an impact um on your team sooner rather than later yeah um i'm gonna go ahead and kick it off i'm gonna hit both my wide receivers real here Real quick here, <laughs> excuse me. I got two two wideouts that are draft being drafted outside of the twelfth round in most PPR draft. One of them is being Russell Gage. We just hit on that. He was great when 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 Julio was out last year. He's being drafted in the twelfth round and and at, at pick number two, he's being the fifty third wide receiver taken off the board. I'm sorry, Russell Gage in my mind has top thirty to forty potential. I think this year. That's an offense I likes to throw. I get it, the new head coach. But you're in Atlanta. You guys' defense didn't upgrade much. You guys are going to be playing from behind a lot or, or trying to stay in games a lot. 
I think the passing volume is going to come down, obviously, from the 600-plus attempts he took last year. But I think there's still going to be plenty of attempts. I mean, Julio leaves, even though he didn't play a whole year, you got to you got to say Julio leaves at least 100 targets out there. But I get Pitts is going to take some of those. And Gage already had his some last year. This guy just has nothing but a high floor to me. You know, so, it's also worth noting that this is a uh, an uptick wide receiver, and it's not like he has a scrub for a quarterback. This is still a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's the most underrated quarterback to ever win an MVP in his career. He's going to sling the ball, and heaven forbid something happened to Calvin Ridley. You have a you have a, a wide receiver with top twenty upside at that point in Russell Gage, and he's still going to put weeks out there um, where he couldn't be a top ten wide receiver on the week um, as our number two wide receiving option there in uh, in Atlanta. I, I love Russell Gage this year. Twelfth round is way too late for him. Yes. The next one I have here, you're you're going to be a little bullyish on me here but i i love this guy i've loved him since watching some of his tape coming out he's a rookie this year and he's being drafted in the 14th round as the 60th overall wide receiver is richard bateman he's got the skill set to be that alpha wide receiver there in in baltimore the ravens have come out and said they want to pass more we could be looking at another buffalo situation buffalo not saying lamar is anywhere near the josh allen realm Buffalo had over 100 more passing attempts from 2019 to 2020. You could be looking at something like that in the Baltimore offense here. And, and, and the upside for a 14th-round wide receiver and Rashard Bateman is way too good. They drafted this guy to be the possession guy. As of before the draft, the only possession guy they had really was Mark Andrews. They had the burner in Hollywood Brown. I'm sorry. A 14th-round draft pick on Rashard Bateman is way too low in my book. No comment. Okay, you're just going to leave it like that. No, um, you know, Rashad Bateman, I, I also I, I liked him. I, out of respect for you, I wasn't in on him in our dynasty at all um, because of how high you were in on him. Um, but to me, it's – you can say you want to pass more if you're going to start Lamar Jackson. I don't believe you. Um, you've also got a very capable running back in J.K. Dobbins we haven't seen enough out of yet. Mark Andrews – is going to be the number one there. You've got Sammy Watkins. You've got Hollywood Brown. Now you've got Rashad Bateman. I, they also added um, Tylon Wallace. Yeah, um, the the stud wide receiver from Oklahoma State there out of college. You know, I, I just don't know if Mark Andrews or Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson's capable enough to, to substantiate and feed multiple people. I don't have a problem drafting Rashad Bateman, especially in a dynasty before that 14th round. I don't even know if I have a problem drafting him earlier than the 14th round in a redraft. My expectations are just a little lower for at least the first year. Um, I, I just don't trust that Baltimore is going to throw the ball more. I think they're still going to, you know, they might design it, but Lamar Jackson's going to stay in the pocket, not see his first read with Mark Andrews and just take off running. Um, I, I'm not a, a fan of any pass catchers in Baltimore. You know that. I think that's why you said I was going to be bullish on it. I am going to be bullish on it. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy. Hollywood Brown is a burner, like you said. It would be great if, if Rashad Bateman comes out and ends up being that big body guy, which he very well might be. I'm just, I'm just not sold on Lamar Jackson as a passer still. Uh, and, and like you said, they, they did add a lot of weapons. That, that All signs point to them wanting to pass more. This is one thing that, that I always look at is you look at – Mark Andrews' game log from 2020, if I can get it to pull up. He played in over 65% of the snaps, one, two, three, four, five, six times in the entire season. He plays less than 65% of the snaps in most games. So he's not even out there as much. So I think that they, they wanted to bring Bateman in to keep that snap count lower for Andrews. We know he, he had a little banged up in his foot, I believe it was, last year. So I, I just think this is going to be the possession guy. He's going to be the short route. Um, a lot of experts have this guy as, as being the number one or two tight end, or tight end wide receiver coming out this year. They, a lot of people had him, had him ranked above Waddle. I think Smith – or I'm sorry, above Smith and Waddle. Chase was pretty much the consensus number one coming out. Bateman was there at the two and three spot too for a lot of these experts here. Yeah. So um, – I just I think I think in the 14th round as the 60th overall wide receiver. I'm sorry, I feel like he's going to finish at least in the top 50. So this is a guy I'm willing to throw a dart on and then see what happens. Yeah, my my two wide receivers I have I went a little deeper and off the grid a little bit more than you did. Um, the first one is Jalen Rager, who's being drafted as the 64th wide receiver. Um, 
you know, uh, yeah, he had injury issues last year, but the quarterback play was pretty anemic in Philadelphia. And Jalen Rager's really we, – we still don't really know what his, his role is going to be. I mean, he was so hyped out of college, he was drafted in front of Justin Jefferson, which obviously was probably a mistake on Philly. But, um, you know, last year he had 30 receptions for 381 yards and one touchdown. That's not very good. I, I agree. But if you look at the four games that Jalen Hurts started, which is going to be the starter this year. As of now. As of now, unless Deshaun Watson's traded, whatever. Rager was tied for the lead in receptions with at 11 in those weeks, tied with Dallas Goddard, who everybody's very high on this year. And he actually led the team in receiving yards during that stretch. Now, if I told you who led the team in receiving touchdowns during that stretch, you might fall out of your chair, but it was Greg Ward. I'm not saying Greg Ward's going to have a huge role with Jalen Hurts, um, but um, I, th- I think you know you could see a huge uptick for Rager, and if, if he – keeps that that pace up and that four-game stretch, he's going to finish the season as a wide receiver four. That's 20 spots higher in the draft than where he's falling right now in wide receiver 64. I, I'm very high, I'm high on Jalen Rager, not high enough, but I'm you know beating down doors to get him. But he's definitely a guy I'd keep my eye on. Um, Watson comes to town, that may even go even a little higher. Definitely. Uh, Rager's, as of right now, the number two wide out there. I, I think Smith is, has moved ahead of the depth Smith's chart. more talented. So, but yeah, Rager, I, I think Hurts, Hurts or Watson, whoever starts there, definitely can support that um, that uh, two wide receiver mm-hmm. set. And then Goddard's going to get his. I, I love Jalen Rager being drafted that late. If you let him go that low, and, and this guy's filling your bye weeks, thrown in as a flex as in good matchups, especially when you see like Smith matching up with somebody like Jalen Ramsey or one of those other top tier corners. Rager's going to end up being the number one that week, I promise you. He's going to be the number one because I don't see Smith beating some of these best corners with how small he is. It's also worth noting how bad the defense is in that division that they play twice, minus Washington, of course, how bad they really are. You know, you're going to – when the Cowboys and Eagles play, it's going to be a scoring fest. When the Cowboys and Giants play, it's going to be a scoring fest. Or the the Eagles and the Giants play, it's going to be a scoring fest. And, you know, both teams are going to score because there's no defense really on either side of the ball. So you get Rager, you're going to have a chance for, for high output, at least in those four games, um, if not more. But he's definitely a guy worth keeping your eye on. Now, my other wide receiver is conveniently ranked at 65th. Um, so one spot behind Rager, that's Terrace Marshall, um, the rookie that was drafted to the, to the Carolina Panthers. Now, last year, Joe, Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator there coming out of LSU, had two receivers with over 100 targets and one with 97. The one with 97 was Curtis Samuel, who went bye-bye this offseason to Washington. Terrence Marshall, Terrence Marshall was drafted to be that replacement. Going to start the season out as that replacement. Should be the wide receiver three. They had three wide receivers in the top 40 last year. This guy's also in this at number 65. If you're drafting him at his at his ADP right now, it's 65th wide receiver. That's a huge deal. Even if he starts out slow. Now it's also worth noting, take a step further. Marshall played a season with Joe Brady as the as the offensive coordinator at, at uh, LSU. Um, so there's going to be that added a little bit of trust for Joe Brady. They might be trying to get him involved in the ball. He's very explosive. Terrace Marshall is with the ball in his hands. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously I can't really talk about what his stats were last year because they're irrelevant. They're college stats. Um, but, you know, uh, Terrace Marshall could be a steal of a draft, especially in a dynasty. You get him in a third or fourth round of a rookie draft, huge steal. Definitely. He could be. Um, you said Curtis Samuel's out of town, and then they added Terrence Marshall to take that spot. Their other two are DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. And it's worth noting Robbie Anderson's out of town after this year. Yep. So, in a dynasty, Terrence Marshall has huge value. And the, 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 the biggest thing is they brought in a new QB this year and Sam Donald. Sam Donald has issues with turnovers. But he's not afraid to launch that ball. He's not afraid to pass it. Not afraid to throw an interception. Yes. So, or see ghosts on the field. Or see ghosts. So the, the one thing that holds me back a little bit from Marshall and, and Anderson is Darnold. But at 65th over or 65th wide receiver off the board, this is one of the best deep sleepers you guys can steal in a draft. The guy's got – he's got speed. He's got good hands. They'll use him as the gadget guy like they did with, with Curtis Samuel. He's going to get involved. A lot of teams still stack the box against McCaffrey, too, so that leaves it open. You're going to see Marshall get covered by linebackers who ain't going to be able to keep up with him. 
it's a definitely a good steal there at the 65th wide receiver taken off the board. Absolutely. Where do you want to take this next? Uh, let's hit running backs because I think our last deep sleepers are both in different positions. Um, you go ahead and hit your running backs and I'll get in mine. All right. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going a little bit deeper off the cusp here. I'm, I'm going to talk about the 100, 160th running back off the board, according to Sleeper at this point. The 160th. Yes, I'm bringing up the 160th running back on the Fat Boys podcast. That's Quandre Olison, the running back out of Atlanta. Now, let's talk about, about it for what it is with the team first. On the depth chart on the team, you've got Mike Davis, Quandre Olison, Javion Hawkins. Not a lot of proven talent there. Now, yes, Mike Davis was great last year. Yes, he's going to start the season out probably with a huge workload. But Quandre Olison is a 230-pound running back out of the University of Pittsburgh who ran very similar in college to James Conner. James Conner was very successful when he was used um, prior to some injuries happening and, and, you know, getting getting some knocks on him. And, you know, not to, again, not to, to be outlandish or, or wild here with any, any uh, comparisons, but Arthur Smith, the new head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, came from a system as an offensive coordinator where he had what? A bruising running back that didn't catch the ball out of the backfield. I'm not saying Quandre Olison is Derrick Henry. I would never be that blasphemous. But he, he is a big-bodied guy who bangs really well between the tackles. Um, he doesn't necessarily have the breakaway speed that, that Derrick Henry does once he got out of the pocket or out of the backfield, excuse me. Um, but Quandre Olison could end up being a better fit in Arthur Smith's system than Mike Davis. Now, we would hope that we have some kind of clarity on that before the end of training camp, but we're just now getting to training camp. And Olison has been very impressive all offseason. The reports coming out of Atlanta are how impressive he is. Very, very likable guy. Um, and he studies really hard, and he, he tries really hard to get his, himself on the field. Now, two years ago, the Falcons used him as a goal line back prior to getting Gurley last year, his rookie year, and he was very effective in the goal line. He had like five carries inside the inside the five and had four touchdowns that year. Um, so he, he's definitely a player I'm going to keep my eye on. I actually went out and picked him up in our dynasty because I'm not sold on the fact that Mike Davis is going to be a 17-game starter. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Mike Davis, um, if you remember last year, he started out on fire after McCaffrey got hurt. He started to dwindle towards the end of the year. Yes, he did. That was the first time in his career he's ever had to carry a load like that. Yep. So and, and he wasn't the greatest there in Seattle. He wasn't the greatest in Chicago. He's going into a system where he is the number one Mike Davis is. But once again, you got a bruiser back there. They're going to use him. He's going to get used. At 160th running back, you're picking up off the waivers after your draft yeah. or dynasty. You're going to stash him on your deep, deep, deep rosters. I, this guy could end up, like you said, that there's nothing that says that that backfield in my mind is wide open. Yeah. Um, one stumble. I like Javion Hawkins. I, I didn't. I haven't done a whole lot of research on Olison. I've listened to you. I've looked him up a little bit. This guy could end up being the number one back in Atlanta. And they're not going to want to lean on Ryan's arm all year. And they're this guy could be the guy that's milking the clock at the end of the game if they're in the lead. This guy's definitely worth a stash now. 160th running back. That's that's crazy. I, I will say, you know, taper expectations. He's not going to be a guy that has 100 yards running every week. He very well could, even as a starter, have 50 yards rushing on you know 12 attempts and a touchdown, which I, I'm okay with that as, as a, especially for the 160th ranked running back right now. Especially if you're using him as a bi-week fill-in yeah. or an injury fill-in. You know, de definitely just a guy worth noting. I'll let you hit your running backs at this point. I'll get off uh, my Falcon soapbox. <laughs> I got two running backs uh, with upside here. The first is a seventh-round draft pick, the 32nd running back off the board. This is Michael Carter. He's already been impressing the coaching staff here. He ran his own read um, run scheme in high school before he went over to UNC, so he's already familiar with the – the system that uh, Salah is trying to implement there. Uh, he could easily be the 1A in that backfield. His biggest competition is Tevin Coleman. I get it. Coleman was great in Atlanta. He was great in San Francisco when he was healthy. Coleman's also battled injuries. His whole career. His whole career. One injury, Michael Carter could steal this backfield and never look back again. This is a guy, he's the 32nd running back overall, so he'd be your running back three late in the draft. Easy dart throw for me. I mean, he was drafted, what, in the, the very beginning of the fourth round. There's nothing that says this guy couldn't end up being the three-down work, work back. He's, he's impressed with his, his burst of speed, his hands, his abil his running ability. He's impressing coaching staff so so fast, so quick. 
he's going to have an impact right at the beginning of the year. And like I said, there's nothing saying that, that he can't just run away with this backfield. It's wide open. I get it. There's a lot there. I think, I think Ty, Ty Johnson's there. I think Josh Adams is there. Tevin Coleman's there. Michael Carter, those four backs. I'm sorry. Um, you're, you're, for, you're forgetting the best one. Who am I? Well, Michael P. Ryan. P. Ryan is still there. Michael Michael P. Ryan. Um, now, granted, he missed some time with injury, um, but in the in the one game where he had over sixty percent of the snaps, which was against Buffalo, a fairly good defense last year, he had eleven attempts, forty yards, and a touchdown to go along with two receptions for sixteen yards. Now, I'm not saying those are knock you off your feet numbers or anything like that, but he does already have uh, that that experience, uh, NFL experience. He's going to be in the mix to some degree, I think. Salah will take that, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan approach. We'll use numerous different backs, especially when Tevin Coleman gets injured because it's probably going to happen. Um, but I, I think Michael Carter is the most talented running back on that roster for sure. But I, I would throw caution. I wouldn't throw caution to the wind and say Michael P. Ryan won't be involved to some extent. Okay. So my other running back here, I wrote deep sleeper because I didn't realize you were going so deep with yours. So mine's just going to be a sleeper now. Okay. For you Barkley owners, you may want to listen up here. We don't know what's going to go on with Barkley for the first couple weeks of the season. Giants have come out, so they're taking it slow. The odds of them competing for a Super Bowl this year are probably slim. Slimmer than either of our waistlines. <laughs> That's true. So, his handcuffs being drafted right now, the 14th round, the 62nd running back off the board. Devontae Book was no slouch in Vegas when he filled in for Jacobs. He, he, he set to start camp as the RB1 for the Giants. We all know... Once again, Barkley, injury history, everything else. This guy right here, if you're a Barkley owner and you don't own Devontae Booker, you need to go get him. Slap yourself. Slap yourself. You need to go get him. He's going to be getting all the touches when Barkley's gone. There's there's really nothing else in that backfield that, that's going to be worth anything. We don't even know how Barkley's going to come back from a torn ACL. We know that's an injury that normally takes a year or two to completely come back for 100%. So they, the Giants may limit Barkley this year altogether. And I'm sorry, even if I'm not a Barkley owner, I'd be going out to get Barker. Because Barkley goes down, you have an instant RB1 in yeah, my mind. No with, the, with the workload that the, the Giants are going to give to the running back. We saw that last year with Wayne Gallman when Barkley went down. Yeah. They, they just fed one back. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm going to move us on here uh, a little bit. I'm going to go to um, my last two. They're both at the quarterback position. Um I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on either one of these two because, one, we've already kind of talked about a little bit. Um, and that first one is uh, Taysom Hill. He's being drafted as the 33rd quarterback. Granted, we don't know necessarily for sure that he's going to be the starter. But one thing we do know is that running quarterbacks are of equal a fantasy cheat code. Um, you get that double-dip value, and Taysom Hill's, you know, uh, very efficient. Um, in, his, in his four starts, he averaged 209 yards passing a game with one passing touchdown to go along with 52 rushing yards and one touchdown. That is pretty good upside. That's pretty good upside. If he does that for a 17-game season, you'll be talking about him as a top-20 quarterback. Um, I'm not sure he can do that, uh, especially without um, Michael Thomas because you loved Michael Thomas last year. When you're throwing passes to a guy like Alvin Kamara, it's not it's not extremely impossible. Uh, I, I do think Taysom Hill is going to be the starter, especially after the Michael Thomas news. I think they'll – They'll start Taysom Hill. We all know Sean Payton's connection with with Hill. But, again, with that rushing upside, that's a, that's a fantasy cheat code. Even if he's a terrible passing quarterback, <clears throat> Lamar Jackson, you can still have fantasy relevancy starting Taysom Hill on, on bye weeks at the very least. Definitely. Super flex leagues, this is a guy to go ahead and steal late in super flex leagues too. Um, I'll move, move us right along into another guy. Um, this is a guy that I uh, mentioned in our hot shot bet this, this year for our offseason hot shot bet. It's Cam Newton. He's being drafted as the 36th quarterback off the board. Um, yes, there is. it's an open quarterback competition between him and uh, Mac Jones. Uh, you know, Cam Newton um, started the season off pretty great fantasy-wise. Um, can't complete a pass to save his life. But in his 15 games last year, he averaged 40 yards a game rushing to go along with 13 rushing touchdowns. Again, I don't necessarily care what you're doing as a passing quarterback. If you're if you're able to rush for 13 touchdowns as a quarterback who led the led the league in rushing touchdowns for a quarterback last year, I believe. Um, and now he's got added weapons. He's got Hunter Henry. He's got Jonu Smith. He's got Nelson Aguilar, um, along with all the wide receivers that were still there last year. And James White is still there as well. Um, so you know, I, I think Cam Newton at the 36 quarterback 
even in in uh, twelve man leagues, that's a, a late third round preferred quarterback. A lot of people aren't taking three quarterbacks. Um, if you are, I advise against it. But taste or Cam Newton, as long as he's a starter, he's a massive, massive cheat code for fantasy because he may throw zero touchdowns to go along with one interception. But if he has two rushing touchdowns in that game, you're doing all right for fantasy. Let's let's think about it. Cam Newton, they re-signed him to be the starter this year. They got Mac Jones. That we all know how Belichick's offense is. It's hard for for skill position players to learn it year one. Let's look at who he had to throw to last year. Jacoby Myers. That's probably about it. Um, they went out and they spent money. They got him some pass catchers. Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. Jacoby Myers is still there. Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry is still there. Requesting a trade, but he is still there. He's got himself some pass catchers now that have flashed in the league. I'm not going to say they flashed top ten potential. He's got some people to catch. He should be able to, to – he's coming back. Year he got that COVID early last year, and, and he came out and said that that held him back a lot. I, I look for Cam Newton to finish inside the top 20 this year. Yeah. So my last guy I'm not going to hit on a whole lot. It's tight end for Seattle. He's drafted in the 14th round. He's the 21st tight end off. Gerald Everett, he's the most established tight end on the Seattle roster. We got Will Disley still there. Probably 19 other tight ends, as, as Finley likes to always bring up to me. But I'm sorry, Everett's coming in with our new OC that came over from the Rams. Already has the connection. I understand Pete's preaching this, we're going to run, run, run. I'm sorry, I'm starting not to believe it the more I read, read, read with us drafting a pass-blocking tackle. Bringing Gerald Everett in. Drafting a wide receiver with our first pick in the draft. Having Lockett, DK, and Russ. I'm sorry. I'm looking for the year of Russell Cook in this year. I don't see how we're going to run, run, run. MVP, Russ? We're not going to go over that. We're not going to do that. Because last year I said something about him being MVP is when that went down. Right at the same time I traded for him. Yes, yes. But I'm sorry. Gerald Everett, he's going to be on the field. He's going to see 75% of the snaps out there. Um, regardless if we're running one or two tight end sets, Gerald Everett's going to be the number one there. He, like I said, he already has that um, chemistry with the with the um, OC. So, guys, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Definitely, we got two spots left in that listener league. We're out. We're trying to scavenge up some good prizes for first, second, and third there. Um, get in that listener league. Fill it up. We're drafting the 27th of August. Of August. I think we did it for 7 p.m., I believe. So hopefully you guys can make it. Free um, to join. Yeah. And we'll give prizes away. Definitely. Um, what as always, stay hungry. Stay fat, my friends.